0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمداً عبده ورسوله ونبيه وصفيه وحبيبه بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في سبيل الله حتى أتاه اليقين وتركنا على المحجه البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزير عنها إلا هالك اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الأولين، وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الآخرين، وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الملأ الأعلى إلى يوم الدين، وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في كل وقت وحين، وعلى آله الأطهار، وعلى أصحابه الأخيار. وعلى أتباعه الأبرار إلى يوم الدين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وما يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وبعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وإن خير الهدي هدي سيدنا ومولانا رسول الله when I was in high school, I remember when we would play sports. Oftentimes, the coach in whatever sport we were in during practice if he didn't like our performance in the first half of the practice, he would make us work harder in the second half of the practice. And if we were very bad, after the second half of the practice, we would do sprints until we couldn't run anymore. But then when the game day came, in whatever sport it was, the team that had that kind of practice would perform better in the second half of the game than the first half of the game. And if you follow athletes, if you follow uh, track and field for example and marathon uh, people that run marathons, oftentimes they will run the second half of the race faster and harder than the first half. But you would think it would be the opposite because they're exhausted by that time. And in the example of sports there's a very often quoted Greek quote by Archilochus who was, uh, was a poet is a, a quote attributed to him and he said we do not rise to the level of our expectations but rather we fall to the level of our training the idea is that you can want all you want but if you haven't trained for it you're not going to win you could want to be good at this sport or that sport, but if you don't practice, if you don't train and exhaust yourself in that training, when the race comes, when the game comes, you're only going to be as good as your training is. And if you follow you know, athletes, because this is the season uh, of all of these finals, you know, alhamdulillah, we won the Stanley Cup last night, alhamdulillah. <laughs> Uh, You know, there's a lot of good, you know, the World Cup is coming, so sports is on everyone's mind But if you look at these athletes that are peak athletes, that are the top of their game They're only like that because of all of the hours and all of the days and all of the weeks and all of the months they spend practicing that we don't see All we see is the game, the result So we sometimes forget about the hours and the pain that goes into that training and to give another very dunya example, and you forgive me, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger, he would say that he would walk home from the gym limping, from the pain that he was in. But when he was asked about that pain, he said, there is nothing more enjoyable for me than this weight training. And, we, and this example, you see what he, re, what he produced. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm going to get to the point of all of this. But people that you see that are idolized for their Performance. Their performance is only as good as their training. The Sahaba radiyallahu anhum they used the month of Ramadan as an anchor for their entire year of devotional acts. So for six months after the month of Ramadan, they would ask every day that Allah accepts the fast of Ramadan. And then the six months before the month of Ramadan, they would ask that Allah subhanahu wa taala prepare them for the month of Ramadan. So even though it's the ninth month, it's not in the middle or something, they would use this month month as the balance. Meaning that for the other 11 months, they would be thinking about this month. Because that was their level of training. And then when Rajab came, they would use the month of Rajab, even though it's the only Haram month, the only sacred month by itself, You know, Dhul-Qa'dah, Dhul-Hijjah and Muharram are together. The 11th, the 12th and the first month. They're the sacred months. But Rajab, Rajab al-Fard, we say it's by itself. They would use the month of Rajab to prepare for the month of Ramadan by fasting. And of course, at the end of Rajab, we have the Isra and the Ma'raj. So they would honor that and celebrate that. And then when Sha'ban came, they would fast it as well. Most of it, the way that the Prophet ﷺ did. And on the eve of the 15th of Shaban, Nisful Shaban, they would honor it and it was almost as if it was Laylatul Qadr. They would be up and praying and du'a and etc. etc. So by the time those 60 days pass of Rajab and Sha'aban, and they enter into the month of Ramadan, they will have already been trained for the fast. Because that was the level of their training. When I got to college and all of the habits of sports sort of went by the wayside, you could tell who was the serious athlete, not by their commitment to sports, but which sport they committed to. So where I went, the people that that played in crew, they were the most committed because you would have to wake up at 6 in the morning to make it down to the Potomac to be able to get on the boat by 7. Now what college kid wants to wake up at 6 in the morning? I mean nobody. But those are the most committed. But if you ask them, you, you'd be like, oh, you wake up at six in the morning? They're like, I wouldn't have it any other way. It clears my mind. It's the best feeling, etc. 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 So that when the race came or the regatta came, they were on their A game. So this level of discipline, and we use this example of sports because it's something that most of us can relate to, the performance that counts in the race, or the regatta, or the game, or the championship, or whatever, it's only going to be as good as the training that went into it. And the Sahaba understood that, that the training that they have for their spiritual life, it's going to only be as powerful as the training throughout the year. So when Ramadan started for the Sahaba and the Salaf, it was sort of easy. Well, we've been doing this. But the point is not to train just for the fast of Ramadan. There is something else in the month of Ramadan that we also train for. And that is Laylatul Qadr. So the year is spent preparing for the fast. And the fast is spent preparing to clear what's on the inside for the first 20 days of Ramadan. And that training... Is to lead to where we are right now This is the game This is the race This is the championship Right now As we march towards the end of the month Anticipating Laylatul Qadr Because the Sahaba understood Laylatul Qadr It's one night That we do not know exactly when it is But we have some signs That if we were to be present Only present Consciously on that night. I'm not talking about going all out with ibadah and qiyam. I'm just saying to be present. When the Prophet wasallam said, qama laylatul qadr iman wa Whoever stands in the night of Laylatul Qadr with faith, احتسابن, Meaning that they are present, they, they are accounting, that they are conscious that this could be Laylatul Qadr. That's all I'm talking about. Just to be present in Laylatul Qadr. That in itself would be better, better than if you spent your entire life in worship. خَيْرٌ min أَلْفِ shahr It's better than a thousand months of worship. Not that it equals a thousand months of worship. It's better than that. Meaning that there is nothing you could do in your religious and devotional life that would equal what would happen if you were only present in the night of Laylatul Qadr. Now how about the person that had been training... With their sleep, training with their prayer, training with their qiyam, training with their du'a That every night of the last 10 nights they are present and aware and asking during those nights You can only imagine what the result will be of that final race, of that final game That ultimately this person will be successful Now we have a weak hadith about Ramadan that we use you know, to help Motivate us. It has some weakness in it, but it's, it's appropriate in this circumstance. In which the Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said that Ramadan, of the 30 days of Ramadan are split up into thirds. That the first 10 days of Ramadan are days of mercy. And then the second 10 days are days of forgiveness. And then the last 10 days are the days of freedom from the hellfire. Now what does this hadith mean? You know, if we use it as a teaching tool. It means that when we begin the month of Ramadan, we receive this gift of mercy of the fast itself. That we, we maybe are a little rusty from the fast. That we might have fasted before but not consecutively. So now we have to fast every single day. And then we have to graft the fast on our normal life. Our normal school life, work life, whatever it is. So we kind of struggle. But that struggle is a mercy for us. It's a gift that we have been given to be able to fast. Not only is it physically healthy, but it's spiritually healthy. So after we pass this period of mercy, we start to get into the, what, we, what we want out of it, which is forgiveness. Because the fast washes away the sins, washes away the dark marks, washes away the bad thoughts, washes away the bad tendencies. Because you would only do this out of love and devotion. Nobody can force you to fast because you can always just, when you leave the room or leave the presence, eat, drink, or whatever. It's not like when your parents say go pray and they'll see you pray, it'll last like, you know, 60 seconds or 90 seconds. It's not like that. The fast is ongoing, which is why Allah Ta'ala says all of the, the actions that we do, devotional actions, are for ourselves except fasting. It only belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And I alone give the reward of the fast. Why? Because only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows who amongst us are. I could not be fasting right now. I could have had a feast before I came, which is why I'm so energetic. You don't know. Right? You have no idea if I'm fasting. I don't know if you're fasting. So when we get to the middle of the month, these are the days of forgiveness. But those first 20 days of mercy and forgiveness themselves are training. For these last 10 days, freedom from the hellfire, i.e. witnessing and being present during Laylatul Qadr. The night in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first spoke to the Prophet sallallahu in Ghar Hira. The beginning of the revelation of the Qur'an. The month in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up everything for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi It is the month in which we commemorate the Battle of Bedr on the 17th. It is the month in which we commemorate the opening of Mecca, the conquest of Mecca, as narrated in Surah Al-Fatih. And it's not an accident that this chapter is called the chapter of opening, Surah al fath And some of my teachers, they recommended for us that in the eve of the first of Ramadan, we begin the recitation by reciting Surah al fath So that this month is a month of opening for us. It is a month in which the Qur'an was uh, reviewed and completed between the Prophet ﷺ and Gabriel it is the month of the Qur'an, it is the month of dua, it is the month of good deeds, it's the month of charity. All of these things, minus what we do in the hajj and the umrah, we do in the month of Ramadan. But we're only going to get out of it as much as our training is for this month. As that Greek poet said, it's not about the expectations that we have. It's not about wanting to be present in Laylatul Qadr It's about being prepared to be present In Laylatul Qadr So in these last nights What are practical takeaways Number one Is you should write down On your phone or on a card or something Other than the sunnah dua You know of, afoon, And other than that And you know freedom from the hellfire What do you need What do you want from your life Pick three, four, five things. And every time you make du'a, make du'a from that list. That will focus your attention. That every night you're doing the same thing. Don't be overwhelmed by, by what, what I'm saying and later, oh, I haven't been prepared. And I don't, don't, That's just the, the introduction. When it comes to implementation, be practical, be focused in what you ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, make du'a for the akhirah and the forgiveness because that's the ultimate prize. Right, the ultimate prize is not passing your test or this or that. That's, that pales in comparison to what the night offers. But it helps focus your attention. And I want to give you a, my personal experience with Laylatul Qadr. One one year in Ramadan, I was in Cairo, and it was the and it was a big transition time for me. I had to move on with certain things, and I was starting a family and didn't know quite know what I, I still don't know what I'm doing. But at that time, I, I did not know what I was doing at all. And I needed some guidance, so I was very overwhelmed with these meta-issues. And because I was overwhelmed with those issues, I was always focused on those issues. I was always thinking about, I got to solve this, I got to do this, I got to do that. And then that last 10 days of Ramadan, one of my teachers, you know, somebody who I trust in these matters and has these spiritual insights, he called me and he said, I believe that tonight is Laylatul Qadr. And it was the night of the 25th. And of course, Laylatul Qadr can, can slide. So don't take from this story any, you know, it's just an anecdote. You know, don't take any, any ruling from it. And if you want to really think about it, Laylat, some of the ulama say Laylatul Qadr can fall outside of Ramadan. So you have to be, if you want to be a peak Muslim performer, you have to have your A-game every night. But that we could talk about that later. So he said, I think that tonight is Laylatul Qadr. And for some reason, I dropped everything I was doing, and I went to my list. And I swear, wallahi, I'm not, I have no, you don't know what I asked and I won't tell you. But every single thing that I asked for that night happened, not, not just the way I wanted, in, in a way I couldn't have never imagined, imagined would have unfolded in the following years. Until this day, everything that I asked for that night, alhamdulillah I got. And all it takes is one experience like that. To understand that what we're saying is not just something that you say in the khutbah, that you just read in the books or something like that. All it takes is one ex- such experience to realize indeed, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ قَرِيبٍ If my servant asks you about me indeed, I am near. It only took that one instance. Now of course after it, I was like, oh my god, I should have asked for, what was I thinking, right? Because everything was so small. And that's also part of the, your growth, is that you realize that what you're consumed with might not be that important at the end of the day. But it only took that one night. It was only one night. I'm not talking about the whole ten days. Only that one night for me personally to have this experience. That everything that I needed, that everything I was concerned with, sort of came into place, Alhamdulillah. So be focused in what you ask for. In addition to the sunnah du'a. The second thing is starting today. Because it's a Friday. So you you have three days that you can get into this. Do something extra after Maghrib, and something extra before Fajr. What do I mean? (coughs) Say that you, because you work and you're busy, uh, you pray Maghrib, and then you break your fast, and you barely, you pray Aisha by yourself and sleep. Pray Aisha with your family, or with a friend. That's extra. Do that in congregation. And just do that every night. Maybe you come to the mosque, and you pray Aisha, and then you leave before Taraweeh. Just stay for the first four rakahs of Taraweeh. Maybe you come to the mosque, you pray Aisha and the first four rak'ahs of Taraweeh, but then you leave. Stay for the next four rak'ahs. And if you are the Muslims that suffer from what I call the curse of Salatul Witr, by God, stay for Salatul Witr. We have this un- false understanding, and this is a public service announcement for anyone listening, that if you want to pray later in the night, you know, if you're super Muslim and you're going to pray all night long, which never really happens that when the imam stands to pray witr you can't pray witr it's like the curse of salatul witr you prayed witr that's it i'm done i have to wait till it resets but who told us that who told you that pray witr go home and pray and then pray another witr as some of the sahaba used to cuz you don't know you might not make it home and then after the second khutbah we'll talk about all the people that have passed that we're praying for today you might not make it home you you deny yourself salatul witr in congregation and then you deny yourself the dua this, these are the days of du'a I feel like we're like in this bad Scooby-Doo uh, episode Like the curse of the Salat al-Witr Pray the Salat al-Witr Make the taslim with everyone Go home, pray again And pray another witr It's going to count Do you think that Allah will not accept your prayer after Salatul al-Witr Even though the witr is sunnah For the three schools except the Ahnaf And then all of the night prayers are sunnah too I mean come on let's, uh, We to use it a little bit So pray the witr prayer Because the witr prayer is not just in congregation, but in the last days we make du'a. Be present for this du'a. You do not know who asks the du'a that will be answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the secret of the du'a. Why we make du'a in congregation. We do not know who amongst us will say ameen. And because of that one person's ameen, everybody's du'a will be answered. It could even be the kids playing outside that are not praying. But that they hear the du'a and they say, one kid says amin, and that one amin will make all of our du'a accepted. We do not know, so that's why we do it together, because we mitigate the risk. If it was just me, it's just all about me, but I don't rely on myself, we want to rely on all of us collectively. Maybe it's the, the officer standing guard who's not even Muslim who hears that and he, he wonders what, what that is and he just says amin And then Allah accepts the dua. We have no idea. That transaction in the, in the heavens, we do not know what's happening. So do not deny yourself this witr because for some reason you think you can't pray afterwards. Okay, So do something extra after maghrib, before you sleep. And then do something extra before fajr. Maybe you wake up five minutes earlier, ten minutes earlier. Maybe you don't pray extra before Fajr, pray. Maybe you pray extra before Fajr, add two, four rakahs to it. Take out your list on your phone, on your card, or whatever, and say it over and over and over again until the Fajr time comes in. The clock beeps and you pray your al Fajr. Peace descends until the Fajr time comes. If you do these things, you see these are very small things, we're not asking for big things. You want something big? If you have extra sick days, if you have extra personal days, take them. One day, or two days, it's only three, four days next week. Why not take a day or two, if you have work, if you can afford to I'm saying. So that you can go all night in the mosque, and then you can rest after Salatul fajr For example, treat these days the way they ought to be treated. That this is the the championship game. This is the final game. This is the final race. We do not know if we will make it even till Eid, let alone until next Ramadan. And we've had the training of the last 20 odd uh, days of fasting. So we've had a mini training of fasting, of praying, of du'a. Let us rely on that training for these last 10 days so that we get the most out of these days so that we can be amongst those people that have were present during Laylat al-Qadr. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfiru Allah li wa lakum fastaghfiruhu innahu al-Ghafur shaitan rahim Bismillahir billahi rahim shaytanir Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala sayyidina mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. So we have quite a few announcements. So bear with me. The first announcement is a reminder for everyone to, to pay zakatul fitr. Uh, so zakatul fitr, uh, we are going with twelve dollars per person. So basically, what zakatul fitr is, it's an obligation on everyone that can afford to pay twelve dollars, which I'm assuming is everybody here, that you pay for you yourself and everyone in your family that is with you in these final days of Ramadan. So if you're a family of five. Including yourself, you would do, you would pay twelve times five, and the zakatul fitr can be paid from the beginning of Ramadan. It doesn't have you don't wait till the Eid prayer. Why? Because we have to disperse this money to those that are needed. So the sooner we get the money, the faster we can disperse the, the resources to who who is ultimately intended by zakatul fitr. So we have boxes outside, twelve dollars per person. Of course, if you want to give more, that's fine. But look, this is the Potomac Mosque, so don't expect Zakat al-Fitr to be $5. Okay? In Potomac, Zakat al-Fitr is $12. <laughs> uh, and it is by Orph, it is based on custom, so there is Sharia backing for this. Anyway, uh, those that are sick that we are praying for today, uh, Sister Bushra Amir, who is uh, uh, Sister Sabah's sister, who is, who is sick, so we're asking for Shifa, inshallah. Uh, Muhammad Jamshid Ali Sheikh and Sister Mumtaz Begum, uh, and uh, my apologies for the pronunciation, all of them, and anybody who I don't have a name for, for those that are sick, we ask inshallah, with the blessings of these final days, and the blessings of Sayyidina Muhammad, that they be healed from their sickness. (coughs) Sunday at 10 p.m., uh, this is the khatm of the Qur'an, inshallah, uh, and it is also our annual fundraiser. Uh, And uh, this is the one time that we openly, uh, without embarrassment, turn to the community and we ask for financial support for the mosque. Everything that you see here, I mean already we are regrowing the grass uh, f- that we have uh, damaged because of the rains and stuff like that. So the, the mosque makes, spares no expense to make this experience for everyone the best it can possibly be. Young, old, uh, boy, girl, so please, this is also the month of charity. So please come with the expectation that you will support with whatever you can. Uh, This is something that we we need because we are supporting all of this. We are the ones that are supporting all of this, right? There's no endowment. There's no uh, help from the outside. It is is truly a community effort. So that's also going to be on Sunday. And then lastly, for those that weren't with us last night, we have this uh, tragic news that uh, Brother Tarif's father-in-law passed away last night in Chicago. And it's very interesting. Every Ramadan, I'm always, it's always amazing the people that you lose and the stories behind them. And it bears just mentioning for a couple of minutes that this man who has no signs of any sickness or anything went to tarawih, tarawih, and came home and decided to take a nap before Qiyam. And then he had a stroke while he was sleeping. And they tried to revive him and then he passed away. Uh, on the eve of Friday, you know, on the eve of, uh, of the last 10 days of Ramadan, this is what we call Husn al-Khatimah. This is a good, a good ending. Uh, so out of respect for uh, tarif and his family uh, after juma prayer we are going to pray janaza prayer on even though the janaza prayer is happening there you know janaza prayer is something that can be done multiple times all the time as a matter of fact i pray janaza prayer every night uh, for anybody who, who is muslim that has not been prayed on and there's a practice that i learned from some of my teachers so every night before witr i pray a janaza prayer very quickly for anyone who has died from the umm of Sayyidina muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that no one has prayed on we pray. So this is something that can be done over and over again, and it's like the mitigating risk idea that you know maybe our somebody in here their dua will be in the, in this brother's uh, mizan. So this is brother Mufid uh, Zuhair rah- Rahimahullah. We will pray janaza prayer for him, and, and of course anyone uh, that has passed, we can make the intention that the janaza is for them uh, as well. And this is a reminder uh, uh, that we do not know if we will make it till Eid. We do not know if we will make it till next year. We do not know what is in store for us. So let us make these days count uh, as much as they possibly can. Uh, With that, we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we ask for His blessings and for His forgiveness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our fast and our devotion in the month of Ramadan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on those that have passed before us and to forgive them their sins. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to heal the sick. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring back the lost. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our parents to give them paradise We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To protect our children We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To protect our center To protect our schools And our businesses We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For his forgiveness from freedom from the hellfire We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is forgiving And he loves to forgive So we ask for Allah's forgiveness In this blessed day In this blessed place In this blessed month of Ramadan فَاللَّهُمَّ هَدَيْتَ اللَّهُمَّ تَوَلَّنَا تَوَلَّيْت وبارك لنا فيما أعطيت اللهم قنا وصرف عنا شر ما قضيت فإنك سبحانك تقدي ولا يقضى عليك ولا يذل من واليت ولا يعز من عاديت تبارك ربنا وتعاليت اللهم تقبل صلاتنا وصيامنا وقيامنا وركوعنا وسجودنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعفو عنا اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعفو عنا اللهم إنك عفو كريم عليم رحيم لطيف تحب العفو فاعف عنا ربنا لا تآخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقه لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم انقلنا من دائرة سخطك إلى دائرة رضاك وافتح علينا فتوح العارفين بك واحشرنا تحت لواء نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم القيامة واسقنا من يده الشريفة شرب ماء لا نظمأ بعدها أبدا ثم أدخلنا الجنة بغير حساب ولا سابقة عقاب ولا عتاب ومتعنا بالنظر إلى وجهك الكريم في جنات الخلد يا رحيم وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصل اللهم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وأقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا